0: You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today, my co-host, Nick Costco. Welcome, Nick.
1: Hey, it's a pleasure to be back here in the studio with you. And as always, I'm excited to talk This one's a little extra special excited because as everyone's listening to this, there is something really cool being released right around the corner. What is that, Jim?
0: It's uh, make bank without the bank by Jim Oliver. And, uh, you know, it's funny, Nick, because I think I've said this. I might say this in the introduction is this is a book that some parts of me says or thinks that I, I don't want anybody to read it. But you know, uh, I'll get over that and it's, it's already written. So, you know, there's no going back now.
1: You know, what's cool is we talk to people all the time, whether they want to start a business or they want to do, a, get into real estate. And, and the common theme is, Hey, when guys have got a lot of experience and you say, Hey, how, how does somebody get started? And, and you said, people go, just do a thing, just do yeah. a deal. And, you know, you and I have talked time and time again about books and writing books and a series of books and all the ideas. And you know why this excites me particularly is, hey, you did a thing. The first one is out of the way. I have no doubt that you won't be jumping up and down excited about it when you look back at it 10 years from now. But it's awesome now. I really enjoyed you letting me be a part of the process. The bouncing around of ideas, I remember quite a few of these as we were on our respective Pelotons, you know, go, going through the the ideas. But I uh, wanted you to share a little bit about, you know, that backstory of, of why did you want to do this? You know,
0: it's funny because I would talk to people and people would ask me questions. I think in particular, Mike Gandolfo in Dallas, he'd say, you know, hey, tell me about your childhood or tell me about, you know, do you have brothers and sisters, you know, or this stuff? And, you know, I just never had a filter with that. I I mean, if you ask me the question, I'm going to give you the answer. (laughs) Well, the answer is pretty unusual compared to most people out there in the world. So, you know, Mike's reaction was, have you had a lot of therapy? And (laughs) and the answer is, uh, which I told him, yes, Mike, I have. So, you know, everybody would say, you need to tell that story. You need to tell that story. So, you know, I just I prayed about it. I thought about it really for a long time. And there's a lot to the story. As you know, there was an MA version of this book. And now this is kind of the PG (laughs) version of the book. And the MA version of the book, honestly, I wasn't comfortable releasing. But the PG version, I think it's the story across. And if it helps one person out there, just believe that they can do it. Because look, if I can do it, you can do it. And I kid around and I say I was a solid 1.2, 1.3 student. And that's probably not far off from the truth because I hated school, but I love to learn. And I hope this book helps somebody learn how to take control of their lives and create uh, financial freedom, financial independence. If it helped a few people do that, then it's worth all the time and effort and the stories in the book and being
1: vulnerable. You know, there's a theme throughout the book, throughout our conversations and it's to get uncomfortable and it's biblical to get uncomfortable as Christians. The future is not going to be comfortable, right? Right. And you had to seek the resistance get dirty with the story. For those of you that have no idea. And uh, before I go on, this book will be out on shelves on Amazon, November 14th. I got a release party happening there'll be an audible version coming in the weeks afterwards uh, those of you who don't know how all that works it's kind of fascinating very few people actually get to release their book and the audible on the same day so shortly thereafter the audible will be released but you had to get you know definitely uncomfortable and uh, so we just share a little bit about that
0: yeah you know i mean anytime you tell a story about your life and about your childhood and your struggles adversity that you've gone through, you know, you really open yourself up. And I just felt like, like you said, Nick, as Christians, we are called to be uncomfortable. We're called to do what Jesus would have done, right? And I'm not saying that Jesus would have written a book, but I guess he did write a book, right? So, and everybody wrote and kind of told their feelings in the book and really what they went through, but what they learned, right? What they learned And what God taught me before I even knew God in my childhood was not to repeat that pattern. And and I think that being uncomfortable just is trust and having faith and saying, hey, you know, be like, be vulnerable, be uncomfortable. It's okay." And so, yeah, that process kind of I, I kind of stumbled through that answer there, Nick. But the answer is. Yeah, there were times where I thought, like I just said earlier, I don't want anybody to read this book, but if it helps somebody, then I'm willing to be uncomfortable. I'm willing to be exposed or whatever, but, you know, I know a lot of people don't know that story and, or those stories, and there are a lot more stories, but these are just some of the stories. And so sharing that is uncomfortable, but we all have stories. We all have adversity that we've gone through and i'm just sharing a little bit of mine.
1: Yeah, it, it your story, the details of it are different, but it's so much like everyone else's story, right? Yeah. I think about you know, we, we've talked a lot about vision and vision being biblical, right? Without vision man will perish. And ultimately, you had a vision for a better life than what you were facing. And i believe it was Earl Nightingale that said this, and maybe i'm going to credit this to the wrong person, but it said, if you don't like your circumstances, change them. Exactly. Right. You know, and
0: yeah, go ahead. I'm so sorry.
1: Did, it, when you were in the moment, when you were in, the, you know, as a teenager and listen, I'm not going to, we're not going to spill the beans here because I think it's, it is important. And listen, it's not to be coy. It's just like learning infinite banking. There's a process to it and there's an order to it. And I think it's important that the audience gets to listen to your book in the, in the order that you laid it out, because it is very intentional, right? But when you were a, a kid or a teenager, when you realized you didn't like your circumstances, was that a conscious thing to go pursue different circumstances?
0: Yeah, you know, it was funny because, Nick, what I thought was not even living in reality, like making up my own reality in my head of where my future was going to be and what my house... And it was funny because, you know, I thought I would just... Plow down all the houses on my block and build this real big house right there. And I even dreamed so big that I was going to plow the houses on the other side of the street and I would have a bridge going over the houses or I mean to connect my house because it was so big. Yeah. Well, you know, again, that's how when you're a kid, you think, well, no, wait a minute. I don't want to live here. Right. And so then when I got old enough to like, so when I thought, hey, there's something wrong with me because I'm not living in like I'm escaping from my reality and I'm creating this vision in my head of the future. That's probably unrealistic. Right. Yeah. But cause I didn't have that belief then, but what I did is once I could drive and I had a car that I refurbished everything, a Volkswagen, 1965 Volkswagen. And then Friends of mine stole it and wrecked it. Right. Good friends. Uh, And So I got a motorcycle because that's how smart I was back then. I thought, you know, driving around L.A. on a motorcycle would be the way to go. But I would always go up to Palos Verdes. Why Palos Verdes? Because they had houses up there that I never really understood how those people could afford those houses. And I would just look and I would just look in awe and I would think, wait a minute. I don't want this house. So my vision changed and my belief changed. I don't want a house in on my street right in that neighborhood. I want to live up here. I want to live in Palace Verdes. And so when I needed to escape my reality, I would go up there and I'd say, I'm going to have this someday. I'm going to be able to live here someday. And so you know what you think is abnormal, it was abnormal. I don't think other people in my neighborhood were thinking like that. I don't think that they were creating this vision. I didn't know what it was then, but I created this fantasy, I thought, that became reality. Because you brought up Earl Nightingale. We all know whatever you focus on and whatever you think about, that's what you'll become. And I thought about, I do not want to live here. I do not want to grow old in this neighborhood. I hated it. I was, I made it to where there was a lot of pain thinking about not getting out of there. So I was motivated by pain at that point, not seeking pleasure. I just wanted the help out.
1: Have you found that when you go and you seek that resistance in life, because here's the thing I know about you is, you know, that's a story from 40 years ago, but you're doing that now all the time right? Yeah. Seeking resistance. Have you found that when you're in that resistance, that it is enjoyable, comfortable? Like what, what is that like?
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny because I learned that really young Nick and I learned it kind of physically. Okay. Is in my neighborhood, there was a lot of fights, right? We fought all the time and I've been in a ton of street fights and I, I, I always say I'd, I'll, I'll exaggerate and say that I won at least half of them. Okay, <laughs> but you know, I'm not sure that I was ever going to be Muhammad Ali, let alone Mike Tyson. I, <laughs> I, I was more like Mike Tyson, just not as talented. But I was yep. more with that attitude, right? I'd never had sure. the pretty flow of Muhammad Ali or those <laughs> quick hands for sure. But I learned to like the fight. And I learned to not be afraid of it. In the beginning, I was afraid because I didn't know what I was doing. But then I learned that it was okay. Like, even if I got my butt kicked, they were never going to want to fight me again. Right? Because I enjoyed it. And so I learned that. So then when I got into, you know, my adult life, and I'm in school, and I have adversity in school, and then I get a job and I have adversity in my job, it didn't bother me. I'm like, hey, I'm ready to let's throw down. Not <laughs> literally, but you want to fight? Let's fight. Let's do it. You want to challenge me? Hey, I might lose, but you're going to have a fight on your hands. And you know whether that was competing against other people in my office, which again, back in my 20s, I thought it was all about competing, being number 1. I had to win, they had to lose. I don't I I learned that's not true, but I had to learn all those lessons in my 20s and thank God I found God. And God taught me that I don't have to, I could help other people and get way further ahead. So the resistance of helping people is a whole nother thing, right? Because now you're trying to create belief in somebody, but it's not you, it's them.
1: Yeah, you just being a conduit, you know, like, listen, for those of you that are just listening to this, maybe early on in your journey, listening to us. Jim and I have only known each other for about eight years. My story is quite a bit different how I got here. But the one thing that I have been, I really could and I should just say thank you every day to Jim is that he showed me a different path. I was curious. I'm a naturally curious person. I always joke that, you know, I'm like a a six year old asking why all the time. But what I did not appreciate was the resistance component of this. And Jim and I were sparring just last week about something, and you he, and he said to me, "He's like, I, I know sometimes I, I I gotta believe sometimes you're like, I, is he listening to me?" But the one thing that you said that stuck with me was, "Hey, you gotta learn to enjoy this process, the resistance as we're figuring out something bigger and better." And it it kind of hit me, and I've really thought about it a lot, in that I I really had I kind of had things easy, in all honesty for. Uh, good first, I don't know, three quarters of my life. In the grand scheme of things were easy. I I just did what came easy to me. And now as we're pursuing this resistance, uh, pursuing bigger things, well, it, it's not easy. And what I realized is that this is a new, it's a new venture. It's a new way of looking at reframing the way that you look at things. And I really like that. It's kind of what I needed to hear in that moment to like snap out of it and to recognize old patterns. And I think that you share a lot of things in this book, but what resonates with me, what resonates with, you know, Javi or Mike, it's going to be different, but there's all these great nuggets. And you've taken these things from some of your mentors, whether it was Nelson Nash or Earl Nightingale, Dan Sullivan, you shared the they're they're like these little nuggets all throughout there. And for me, it's like I've listened. I've read your book, actually, probably 50 times. And the reason that I did that for the audience is I wound up reading it for audible with Jim. It's not just me. And I would pick up these new little things throughout it. And what I would encourage you all to do when you get this book, because honestly, it's not one of these books where it's a thousand pages. I don't even know if it's a hundred pages. You're direct, you're clear in your messaging, but there's little nuances to pick up throughout it. And I just want to say thank you as we're here is that it? it all these things, I pick them up. And just like you said, we try to share them with other people. What they do with them we can't control it right that's where we got to remove our own egos from it and just allow people to enjoy that path so i appreciate you sharing all of that stuff
0: well you know uh, you're welcome and thank you i mean for people that don't know nick did read the book and for audible and he did a great job we were in the studio together i listened to him read the book i'm just being serious i couldn't do that i mean i would stutter stop a pause uh, uh i mean i'm not sure there's an editor in the world that could have made it sound good so but look i know what i can do and i know what i can't do and that's okay so but you did a great job and as i would listen to you read the book and then you would ask me questions because i just listened to the chapter it gave me uh more context gave me more uh presence to answer those questions and i think you know, the feedback that we've gotten from people that have listened to it is very positive. So I hope everybody is, it's positive and I hope that it it helps people in some small way. But so thank you for reading that book and, and being willing to do that, because I know that is not an easy uh, task. And, and I think of the people that I know that have whether it's a vision issue or something like that, that love to listen to the book. I'm excited for them to listen to it because I think they're going to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, so we did something pretty. What I think is pretty cool. We definitely borrowed this from another author who did this. It wasn't our own idea, uh, but we have our own spin on it. And uh, we, we modeled it. We modeled <laughs> it. That's it. right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, here's the thing, audience. As Jim said, he's like, "I'm not doing. It. I'm not reading this thing for Audible." And I was like, "Well, I'll do it." And uh, he's like, okay, let's do it. So I fly down to uh, Florida and uh, beforehand, I was like, what if we did this? I'd What if we did this where I read the, the chapter and then after each chapter, I ask you questions about the backstory and I'm in a unique position uh, professionally and personally over the last eight years to gain insight into a lot of this. And I, of course, I learned more through, through the process of Jim writing the book, but I tell you what i haven't listened to it yet i'm waiting for the all-in-one audible file but i really listen i get the privilege to just shoot the breeze with jim on the phone but this interview i went prepared to ask jim probably 12 to 15 questions after each chapter and uh, you know when you're on and i think i asked you two or three questions after each chapter and i got way more back than i bargained for so audience, the audible version of this is, in my opinion, uh, probably quite remarkable. You're not going to be listening to me too much between chapters because uh, Jim just uh, gets to run in with uh, the answers to the questions. And as he said, like listening to those chapters obviously inspired you to share more uh, than the direct question I was asking you. So uh, as we said, that'll be out just a couple weeks after uh, the book releases on November 14th.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You know, Nick, this whole process, what I would tell anybody out there, and I can think of somebody who I really would like to single out, but I won't, some (laughs) guy that maybe flies airplanes for a living, but uh, he knows who he is, and he's got an incredible story. But what I would tell you is that it's like you said at the beginning, Nick, is this seems like a big task to write a book, and it is. It took a lot longer than I thought it was going to take. It's not the publisher's fault. This isn't my first attempt either because I didn't want it to be some self-serving book. I didn't want it to be some marketing thing. This isn't marketing anything. This is just telling you a story, but then also telling you some truths about money because the bottom line is everything that you were taught as a kid about money is wrong. You can hold on to it. You can hold on to a lie if you want. It's reassuring. (laughs) Everybody else holds on to it you're all going down, you're all going down together. Nick and I aren't going with you. We embrace the truth. And, you know, Nick, something that's been resonating with me with the book coming out and everything else, like why was I so fascinated with money? And I think that it's because money equals worth in our head. Right. And if you don't have any money, then you feel worthless. Right. We call it net worth. And the only reason it's net worth is liabilities. You know, we take out liabilities, right? But it's saying the real word is worth. And it's what we feel inside that, hey, we're not worth anything if we don't have money, if we don't have financial independence, if we don't have money, money gives you choices, choices give you freedom, right? If we don't have that, we feel worthless. And I don't want anyone to feel worthless. I know how that feels. That's what I felt when I was a kid living in poverty and seeing all these other people that had all this stuff that I wanted. (laughs) I got fascinated with money because that's what it was. But then it's kind of like how all lessons with God work is it wasn't really about the money, but it was about the freedom. And the one thing at Create Tailwind and the thing that we've been advocating for the last eight years in our process is to blow this thing up bigger and bigger and bigger to help more and more people is our message is honed down to freedom. And that's what this book is about. That's what create tailwind is about. That's what our community is about. And that's what everybody listening
1: wants more freedom. Yeah. If you I really do feel like everyone wants freedom, it it doesn't matter where you are now. Maybe you perceive that you have, uh, enough money to do what you want but that money's probably not sitting where it's most ideal there's so many people that have a lot of money but they don't have time freedom and and it's so it's why is that well there's a lot of noise out there there is so, the and the noise is so pervasive it's not just some radio ads it's not just some the occasional commercials it's all over us all day now with the way that social media works with the notifications on our phones you almost can't get away from the noise and it is so well honed to to rob you of your freedom and what i realize that you're showing us and it's absolutely inspired from nelson's book is and the bible is that there is another path there is a path of freedom for all of your needs And it starts with turning off the noise. It starts with writing down what it is exactly that you want and be very granular in what your desires are, not just, Hey, I want to feel better. That's not very specific, you know, get very specific about what it is you want. And what I appreciate, Jim, is that you absolutely know how to guide someone into getting whatever it is they want. So what I would encourage everyone to do, there's going to be some discount codes out there for the November 14th release. It's going to be easy to get, easy to digest. You'll be able to read it. You'll be able to listen to it, but it's right around the corner.
0: Yeah, no, I'm excited and I'm excited to help uh, people and really, you know, we'll come on, explain some more of the book. And if anybody in the audience has any questions, you feel free to reach out to me on our community, create tailwind or community.createtailwind.com. And if you reach out to me in the community, I'll be happy to answer any question anything in the book, you know, Nick, let's wrap up with, you know, the thing that I always think is brilliant is you read the book, you take notes and you write down questions. Then you email those questions or in our case, use our community and ask the questions. Now we're dialoguing. Now you're getting clarity. And that's exactly what I did with Nelson with becoming your own banker is I didn't get it right away. I didn't get the enormity, the infinite nature of it (laughs) right right away and so many people out there don't they think it's for cars and vacations and it does do all of those things but it's so much bigger than that and so what i would say is i would encourage everybody if you have a question send it in join the community and if you haven't already and ask any question you want i'll answer any question that you have
1: cool hey well thanks well that pretty much walks right into how we always finish this show
0: Absolutely. We finish it. And thank you, Nick. And thank you for all the help with the book. I couldn't have done it without you. And, you know, these words, I remind myself every single day. And you mentioned his name in our Devo today. And I had to come up with some different things. And the <laughs> only thing that I came up with, and if anybody hasn't read this book, read The Magic of Thinking Big by Dr. David Schwartz. It's incredible. I'll, you know, I'll give it away. You're thinking too small, whatever you're thinking, it's too small. So, uh, that's not the only message in the book, but anyway, all right, Earl, take it away and save us from this. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now, let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth-building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.